The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Taking over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast with Carver High, Mafia, LTM running it from Kansas City Mo. By the way, you know, LTN and, and Carver High are like, like you know, Rams butting heads. There's a lot of tension. You got the Bills fan. You got the Chiefs uh, army they got in the LTN control room where they're 100% deep, sixth, and biased. The whole staff is in there wearing Chiefs jersey against Carver High. Poor Carver High, all by his lonesome. But uh, there's a lot of tension on the show. Uh, it's going to be great. Hopefully, there'll be a fist fight tomorrow on the Pain-Free Friday edition. Let's bring in Mafia. He loves fist fights and kicking people in the teeth and breaking their ribs. Uh, Brian Ciano joins us to talk UFC, the big fight on Saturday, obviously. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, too. Right. Second time they fought. I think they fought in 2014, a first-round knockout mm-hmm. for McGregor. Uh, I think he's been very uh, classy and respectful in Abu Dhabi, the press conference today. Uh, I thought he told it like it was. I thought he was respectful in the stare down with Dustin and talking about Dustin. And he thinks Dustin's come a long way. And he also, uh, I think, uh, talking about what fighting means to him uh, has been incredible. Uh, I love uh, the comments he made about he just wants highlights now. He wants to be remembered. He doesn't care about all the belts. He said he's made so much money, he doesn't know what to do with it. Now it's about his legacy. I feel like yeah, I'm absolutely. only starting, man. Everyone kind of wants to, hey, Connor, you've done it all. You're so rich. You're richer than Dana over here. I just, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not allowed here. I want to be here. I want to perform for the fans. I'm a young man. I've got many highlights. You know, but all the money, all the belts, all everything, that comes and that goes. You know what lives on? Highlights. A fighter's highlights. You look at Roy Jones Jr.'s highlights, Mike Tyson's highlights. I still look at them today. Ali's highlights. I want my highlight reel to be like a movie. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm after. I'm looking to get in and perform and put on amazing highlights. I like that, Mafia. Yeah, you know, this is a different kind than we've seen a lot of these other fights. Like you said, he's been respectful of Dustin Poirier. And that started, you know, last year when they were talking on Twitter trying to set this up when they were going to put it together as, you know, a uh, just a charity fight at first, that they were talking about how great each other was and the respect they have. So it's not something we're used to hearing from McGregor. He's usually trashing everybody, saying how they're garbage, there's nothing compared to him, he's the greatest ever, all this other stuff. You know, the kind of stuff he's saying about Khabib, but it's kind of refreshing to see him. Maybe he's grown up a little bit, and, you know, the extra respects his opponent in Poirier. He's going to be a very great fight. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to watch it. And I don't believe him, though, about that the money comes and goes. You want the money. That's why you're back. You can say all you want about you want a highlight reel. You want to be able to watch it with your kid back, you know, years down the road, drinking your proper 12. 
No, he wants the money. That's why he's back. Come on. So why is he such a huge favorite over Poirier? Poirier is better than ever. Because he's always a huge favorite. Every fight except Khabib, he's been a huge favorite. You know, that's just the allure of McGregor. You know, it's some of these guys. Not only is he a good fighter, obviously we've seen all the wins that he has. He's got belts. He's, you know, made huge money. So it's nothing against him saying like, oh, he's not deserving of being a favorite. But when you have everyone get behind you, everyone loves watching, everyone thinks you're the greatest, the public money comes in and pushes that line up. That line was not that big when it first opened up. But now as more and more money has been dumped on him, as we've been waiting for this fight to happen, he's gotten almost a three to one. So there's a lot of money behind him, but there's not everyone picking him. So we'll have to see how that goes. So, uh, you know, Dustin Poirier has changed so much since the last oh, yeah. time they fought. He's uh, everything about him is different. Uh, his, uh, you know, I think experiences in the fights that he's had up to this point have changed him dramatically. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, our channel 204 now, Sports Grid Radio Network. It's badass. Go check it out. Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map Radio Network, and of course, Sports Byline USA and Armed Forces Radio. Mafia, uh, what has he uh, done better than he used to do that's made him so badass now as opposed to when he was just good? Well, first of all, both these guys, when they were fighting the first time, was at 145. They were featherweights. Now it's at 155. You know, that extra 10 pounds, that maturing of your body, it's maybe a little easier for them. They don't have to deprive themselves as much to make down to 145. They can take it a little easier, these weight cuts. But also just the fighting style. You know, coming in as a young guy, both these guys were, you know, he was just so gung-ho about taking everyone out. The same thing as we talked about, you know, in previous discussions about Justin Gaethje, where he just wanted to come in and it was feast of famine, knock you out, or I'm going to get knocked out. It's going to be a brawl. That's all I'm in there for. Now he's realized that there's other ways to do this. You saw the fight against Hooker where he utilized that jab so perfectly, just keeping his opponent at base, snapping his head back just with those quick jabs and those combinations. It doesn't have to be, I'm going for the knockout because, you know, you can get that over time. You don't have to do it with one punch. So he's learned to do combinations, to move his feet, to get out of the way of the other guy and not just take brutalized shots, just try to get the knockout. So Habib uh, is still on McGregor's mind. He's fighting Poirier, but all he ever talks about is – Habib and the war's not over and he deserves to have his belt stripped because he's not fighting and all the other rhetoric. He's just like uh, talking like himself because he never fights. He fights once a year at best. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about Khabib because that's the, the black mark on the record, you know. He lost to Diaz and he came back and beat him. He has all these other guys that he's mowed down. All the belts, as he said, all the money. The only thing he hasn't done is A, B, Khabib and B, beat Mayweather. And he's got a lot better chance of Khabib coming back right now than Mayweather, I think. So, you know, he wants Khabib. He's going to bait him as much as he can to try to get in there, trying to get that, you know, mark off his record and so that he can say he's the greatest because as long as Khabib has that win over him, he can't say he is. So uh, he said that all that rape and assault stuff is nonsense because he was cleared two years ago. He says it's a money grab. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about Hooker and Chandler. They faced off today in Abu Dhabi. That's going to be a great fight. And Chandler said he'd rather fight Habib than McGregor if he wins this fight against Hooker. One other note, Fedor is in the hospital in Russia. He's got uh, COVID, so that's a bad scene. Pain-free Friday will break down the fight. McGregor, Poirier, Hooker, Chandler, and the whole card with Mafia. Great stuff. Coming up, Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. One note, USC at Stanford postponed late today before they were going to tip it off. More COVID problems again uh, in college basketball, and that really good Pac-12 game was postponed at the last minute, so that's not happening. We bring in Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider. I said earlier today uh, that the Eagles signed the legendary uh, rock guitarist Joe Satriani as their new head coach in a stunning development. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Lurie uh, was driving in his car listening to some old uh, classic rock on Sirius and decided to hire Joe Satriani. Unbelievable. It's going to be a rock and roll season in Philadelphia. Yeah, on uh, sevens, the sevens on 70. So, yeah. Uh, look, he- here's what happened. Uh, this is what I'm told by multiple sources. So, around between 9.30 and 10 a.m. Eastern, several people around the Eagles found out that Nick Sirianni, the Colts offensive coordinator, was going to be most likely the head coach, beating out Josh McDaniels. You and I talked about uh, McDaniels earlier this week on our Monday segment. They went with a guy who's a little bit younger, a little less experienced, but a guy that's sort of one of these high risers, from the National Football League, if you really follow the sport, he's the guy that looked like he was going to be that next level of head coaching candidates after Arthur Smith. Uh, but uh, look, what the interesting thing about this, Pharrell, I, I, someone told me this and I checked on it, it's true. The Eagles and these last two coaching searchers, Doug Peterson in 2016, Nick Sirianni in, in, in 2021, neither of these head coaching candidates ever interviewed for a head coaching job with any other teams. And they were pretty successful, the Eagles were, uh, with Peterson, three playoff appearances and, and a Super Bowl. So sometimes when it's not the popular choice, it's the right choice. But I understand looking at my social media today that uh, some fans are not quite exactly happy over it. So uh, as if they matter, let's see what you think of the hire. I don't care about what the fans think about the hire because they, the fans are never happy with anything. I mean, uh, exactly. they're, you know, I mean, on draft night, they're jumping up and down and a month later they want to crucify the guy. So uh, they're, you know, fickle and they're and they love to drink beer and then and drink shots and then they get clouded. Let's face facts. What do you think of this hire? I like it because it, it's bold, okay? It, it, when Andy Reid was hired by Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, and Joe Banner, the, the team president at the time in 1999, Andy Reid was an unknown, okay? This guy did not even call the plays for the Packers. Doug Peterson was not the lead play caller uh, for the Chiefs at the time when the Eagles hired him when Andy Reid was the Chiefs head coach. He still is, of course. 
Nick Sirianni's never called a play in his life. Didn't didn't for the Colts. Sometimes you can't worry about, and you, it's what you're alluding to. You can't worry about what the public thinks. You just have to be right. We're not going to know, probably for four or five years, whether this is the right choice. But the Eagles under Jeffrey Lurie have a history of being right. Uh, when you look at their head coaching tree, yes, Chip Kelly in 2013, uh, he didn't last super long. He didn't even finish three seasons, but he had a win-in record in two of them. They haven't had a bust as a head coach, uh, quite frankly, when you look at Jeffrey Lurie. Now, I've talked to three people at work with Nick Sirianni. All think he's super smart, brings really great energy. But one person told me, look, this may or not be a little bit early for Nick, but the thing is he comes from a, a great coaching tree. His dad is a, is a former high school coach. His brother is currently coaching in college football. So you like that he came from a coaching family. That's going to help him deal with something like this. But the key for him is, Pharrell, you got to bring in a veteran staff. You need guys who could support him or a little bit older. Maybe you want to have a mixture of younger people, but you got to have older people who've been through this before who work with head coaches who could help sort of mentor him. Like Frank Reich, the Colts head coach, uh, I'm told was certainly a guy that the uh, Eagles leaned on and they talked to Frank uh, about uh, Nick Sirianni. But look, this may be a, a year too early, but he, again, he was on that next wave, the next uh, coordinators, the, the high risers around the National Football League. And we're not, it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out if he's going to be the right guy. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, I do want to say this before we move on because I know we, there's a lot to, we need to get to. The belief around the league was they're going to hire a coach from the offensive side of the football. Uh, when you look at the Eagles head coaches over the years under Jeffrey Lurie, the you know, since 1994, they've had one guy uh, that, that was Ray Rhodes. They did make the playoffs with him. But the fact of the matter is it's been well over two decades since they've had someone coaching from the defense side of the football. They want Nick Sirianni to rebuild Carson Wentz. That is one of the top reasons why he became the Eagles head coach on Thursday. Okay, fair enough. And uh, we'll get to everything else. I'm not done here, though. I have to ask you, you know, emphatically, yep. if he is, uh, you know, such a high riser. Now, I know what he – I heard about uh, the Chargers, the Colts, the coaching lineage, the tree, the Frank Reich, and all this. If he's so high riser-ish – then how come no one's ever mentioned his name ever for any other job with any other team at all? No one's heard that guy's name until today ever for a job as a head coach in the NFL. How does this and guy go, go from absolute anonymity to head coach of the Eagles? Look, here's the reason why, and it's, it's a fair criticism. I kind of touched on it, but I could take it another level since you, you wanted to keep talking about it, and we can. So when you look at Sirianni, in the coaching community, a lot of people know who he is. In the, in the public, they're like, who is this guy? He's never called plays. He's a, he's a third-year offensive coordinator with under Frank Reich, who's his mentor. Usually, a guy's called plays if who's an offensive coordinator who you're going to hire as a head coach. It's rare in today's NFL, Pharrell, to hire somebody who's not called plays on e either side of the football. And that's why some coaches around the National Football League have not gotten head coaching jobs because they haven't called plays. They haven't been under the pressure cooker. Because this is the right. thing. I'm, I'm so glad we brought this up. This is one of the top media markets in, in the country in Philly, okay? I'm born and raised here. I know what it's like. If he gets off to a bad start, the pressure is only going to get higher. That's just the way it works in the Philadelphia market. You know this market. You're from this area, right. the East right. Coast. You know. It only gets worse. Yep. And you got to have people that could support him. This is, a, this is a, look, let's call it like it is. This is a risky decision for the Eagles. They could say all they want. Look, we know, you know, I outlined this on Monday. Josh McDaniels was their lead guy until Sirianni took the lead. 
when you're take, you could say all you want about Josh McDaniels is baggage. There's no question about what happened in Denver and him walking away from the Colts job after he verbally agreed. Right. But that's the layup move. This is the tough move here. But they can't, and you said it very, very well, they cannot worry about what any, anyone else thinks. They have to be right. And it's going to take some time to prove that they were right. And it starts with the quarterback, Carson Wentz. Because if they can't rebuild Carson Wentz, he may not get his second chance to coach another starting quarterback. Does uh, McDaniels go back to New England and then wait for Bill Belichick to retire and then become the head coach for Kraft? Yeah, Patriots source deny that that's the case, but I can tell you the belief around the league is, and you know, the Patriots could say what they want. When McDaniels has talked out of taking the job by Belichick with Indy uh, for in 2018, that was the popular narrative that he's going to wait for Bill. But Bill is not retiring right now. There's no, there's no sense that he's going to retire over the next two years. He said he, if you remember, he said many years ago he would never coach till he's 70. Well, guess what? He's only two years away from being 70. So. Josh McDaniels, this was his one shot. And this is the only team, by the way, with McDaniels to offer him the, the chance to interview for head coach this in this season in 2021. So isn't it interesting? The top two finalists are two guys that no one else brought in this year to interview for a head coaching job. I mean, it's crazy because now I, I don't think anyone's going to interview him for, uh, I mean, going down the road, like next year, like people, he the train has left the station. Now all that's left is the Texans and frankly, Adam, and I know we don't have a lot of time here, but uh, it, that's a mess. The Houston Texans uh, coaching search is a joke. Yeah, and how about this? How about Nick, how about Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans, to this point has not submitted a request to interview Joshua Daniels, whom he obviously knows very well because they worked work together for well over a decade uh, with the Patriots, and he, and he has not interviewed him. They've entered, here's their head coaches, Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis, Leslie Frazier, all former head coaches, okay? Then you look at the OCs, Eric Bieniemy, Joe Brady, Matt Eberflus, the OCs and DCs. Right. So when you look at it, the longer you wait, this is what someone told me earlier today who's, who's worked in the league for a long time. The longer you wait to hire your head coach, the less likely you're going to get to get a quality coaching staff. You better do it soon. You need some urgency. All right, when we come back, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, what's going on in Houston and who Adam thinks is eventually going to get that job. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast with our NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, and uh, at Kaplan NFL on Twitter. You can follow him. He's on every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, three days a week on Sports Grid, Coast to Coast with us. We're lucky to have him. Adam, uh, so the Eagles surprise with their hire. Are the Texans going to surprise with their hire? Now, uh, I guess you could say if they brought Jim Caldwell out of the closet, that would be a surprise. Uh, Marvin Lewis, I guess, would be a surprise after, I guess, you know, what he did in Cincinnati in the postseason, and then he's working at Arizona State. Leslie Frazier, uh, we know uh, the job he's done in Buffalo is spectacular. The job he did in Minnesota wasn't. And then Bienemy, uh everybody said he's getting a job, and it's just a, a surprise to me that he's, like, still trying to get it. That's what's surprising. Joe Brady and, and Eberflus. Uh, that would be a shock to me as well. What are you hearing about these six alleged finalists? All right, so l- let's look at it this way. If the Chiefs lose on Sunday to the Bills, Eric Bieniemy then would be free to interview in person. He was one of four coaches this past Monday to interview virtually. Or at least they, they had four interviews. Some of them were virtual, some were not. The guys who were in the playoffs could not do it in person. So Biennemi, he's the kind of guy you want to get in front of. You're not going to feel the, the full part of Eric Biennemi unless he's right in front of you, okay? You know why You know why um, Nick Sirianni got the Eagles job? Because he got to interview in person for several hours in front of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Roseman, the GM, and, and uh, Lurie, the owner, and, and other team personnel, okay? It, it's not fair when you just interview people virtually and say, okay, that's enough. We've seen enough. You need to get them in front of you. So Eric Bieniemy needs to get in front of people. Now, the question would then would be, if they would win, would Nick Casario be willing to wait to talk to Eric Bieniemy in person uh, in, you know, in, in between? So that's the question. And the, we, we, we'll talk more about the rules of, uh, of interviewing during the Super Bowl, or the, the, the interview week uh, prior, leading up to the Super Bowl. Because remember, we got the off week next week. So we'll talk tomorrow about those rules. But Bieniemy is a guy that I know they like. Uh, Leslie Frazier, uh, one thing I could clear up for you, there have been some re- there have been some talk about maybe he's not really the defensive coordinator calling the plays, but I was able to confirm that he actually is calling the plays. He is calling the defense. Sean McDermott uh, certainly is involved in it, but it's actually Leslie is calling the plays. He was a mediocre head coach with the Vikings. That's the truth. But he's learned a lot from there. I've talked to guys who work with him. He's absolutely ready to go another time to be head coach. And Marvin Lewis, yes, you're correct. He's never won a playoff game. But he was the guy who turned them around from being the laughing stock to a team that was absolutely competitive just about every year. Turned around their scouting system, got Mike Brown, their owner, to spend more money in scouting to, to build up that their whole building. And uh, Jim Caldwell, look, guess what? If you look at if you look at the Lions, he was so much more successful and a playoff winner. A guy got the playoffs with the Lions than Matt Patricia, who didn't even come close to the playoffs. So, uh, the, Matt Eberflus though is one of the most impressive guys on their list. He he was one of the guys who interviewed on Monday. Great command. Uh, the, the issue, though, I do want to mention, because we talked about this earlier when we were talking about Nick Sirianni. If you're a defensive coach, a guy comes from the defensive side of the football, it comes down to who's going to call your plays and what kind of guy do you have to develop your quarterback? Because Deshaun Watson is already a superstar. If they don't trade him, and there's been no indication that they're willing to trade him, despite all the rumors out there, what are you going to do to keep getting him even better, take his game to even another level? So important when you interview with people in the National Football League when you're head coaching candidate, you've got to have a good offensive defensive coordinator. And the key for these defensive guys is who's going to call the plays. 
Is that not the biggest story of the offseason in the NFL that uh, Deshaun Watson's miserable in Houston and wants out? He is. Look, and I want to mention something because you and I have talked about this a bunch. We were talking about it with uh, you know a bunch of people on uh, Sports Grid. Number one, they've shown no inclination to even be willing to listen to any kind of offer. Watson has not submitted a trade request. But I could tell you through two sources, he felt betrayed. He felt lied to. He was told he'd be able to be part of the GM process of the interviews, listen in, watch. Multiple GM sources told me who interviewed. They never saw him, although they were told Watson would be involved. They were never told he was in there. They never saw him. They never spoke to him. So Deshaun has a right to be upset. But the bigger question is, why would any quarterback be allowed to be involved in GM interviews? And even even on a periphery, why would that happen? Yeah, I agree with you. I've never uh, seen that before, that you have that much exactly. juice. All right, let's talk about the yep. championship games. Let's start with the Bucks and Packers and uh, the latest on Antonio Brown's knee. Yeah, this is a surprise. Like, this came out of nowhere. Now, you, we know he was limited in the last game uh, with a knee issue. Now, he didn't practice on Thursday. They, they had a walkthrough on Wednesday. They practiced Thursday. He did not work, but Bruce Arians, their head coach, did say it, it doesn't matter whether he – Practices are not in terms of being able to play. You know, Pharrell, coaches hate when players don't practice uh, before a game, but he's willing to let it go to game day. Now, if he, does, if he doesn't play, he's still we really consider him questionable right now. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Chris Godwin and Scott Scotty Miller. Now, Chris Godwin, if you recall last year, his breakout season in 19, he was their slot receiver. Arians, when he brought A.B. in, moved Godwin to mostly outside, but he could play the inside, and Scotty Miller's been a good story for them when he's had to fill in. It would be those two guys out of the slot, and both guys, by the way, could play on the outside. And here's another good one, though. This is a positive for them. Vita Vea, their, their former first-round pick out of 18, he broke his ankle uh, in week five when they lost to the Bears. That was on October 8th, so it, it's basically been over three months. He actually is practicing this week. It sure sounds like, from what I'm told, that he's going to be able to play. They have till Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern to activate him, and he'll provide depth to their offense, the defensive line if he could play. But – that will be huge to get the former first-round pick back in the lineup. So, Adam, uh, he threw uh, uh, Brady to Miller on a beautiful pass, so he likes getting him involved. But I, I seriously, he tried to hit Gronk a couple times. Braid has clearly become a, a hit for him. I think he's going to throw more to Gronk and Braid. And uh, I, I think if he mixes it in with these two big tight ends they got, that they can uh, – have better fortunes against Green Bay. Look, I, I don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, this guy Rodgers is putting 30 on everybody. I mean, everybody, even this great uh, Bucks defense that looked so great last week. You can't tell me that Buccaneer defense is better than the Rams defense, and they cooked the Rams no, in fact, uh, for dinner. Right, Pharrell, you and I talked about going to the game last week that the Buck defense of the second half had struggled mightily. We're talking the second half of the regular season in the secondary. You got to give Todd Bowles credit, their defense coordinator. He put together an incredible game plan. They completely stymied the great Drew Brees. Brees, Brees was holding on to the ball too long. He was very indecisive. But, man, Rodgers has got that quick release. It's just been unbelievable how well he's playing. Their secondary is going to have to play really incredible football. One more thing before we move to the next game. Ronald Jones, who's technically their starter, their third year back out of USC, he's got this quadriceps injury. If you saw last week, it's still not right. That's why right. Leonard Fournette started last week. And even if Jones goes this week, he's not considered questionable. Look for Fournette to be their main ball carry because you just cannot depend on Ronald Jones. He's aggravated this injury the last couple of weeks. And by the way, for the Packers, they only have one guy they're worried about. Kingsley Kiki, who's their starting uh, nose tackle. He's got a concussion. 
he's working this week. He still needs to get cleared, so he's still questionable to play. Look, I think Rojo uh, is clearly more dangerous than Fournette, but I think Fournette has been ultra-valuable, not only running the ball, but underneath in the flat. When Brady dumps it off to him, he gets yards after that catch like no other. He's like a bull in a china shop. I like what he's brought to their offense. Let's talk about the other game. Bills, Chiefs, we're licking our chops for this. What's the latest you got on this one? Yeah, and plus, we're going to check the weather tomorrow for both games because both teams could be impacted by weather. So the two injury concerns are Vernon Butler. He's part of the defensive tackle package. He came over from the Panthers. Brandon Bean had him, the uh, the GM of the Bills in, in Carolina. He's got quadriceps injury. Gabriel Davidson, talking to the Bills, Pharrell, he backs up every receiver position. Uh, one team source said he's the smartest rookie they've had in years of any position. He's been incredible. He's their big play guy. He's got a He's super smart out of Central Florida. He's played in over 73% of snaps this season, so he's very valuable when they go to the three-wide package. Cole Beasley, their slot receiver, was added to the injury report. I'm told that the knee injury he has really can't get any worse. He's had it off and on. He's had it for three weeks. He was able to practice on Wednesday with it. Thursday, limited by it. They're still optimistic that he can go. And if he can play and Davis can go, you're going to see Gabriel Davis and, and, and Isaiah McKenzie kind of line up in the slot there. But, man, Cole Beasley is so, as you know, so valuable to what they do over 70 catches this season. So that, to me, would be a concern with the Bills. And then, obviously, with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, once again, took majority of the first-team reps in practice with the uh, with the concussion. Now, he also has that left toe injury. They don't think it's going to be a problem. He's got to get final medical clearance from an independent urologist before the game. If he does, he's playing. And the thing is, he's moved around. I'm told, like, like he's not, he hasn't had a concussion. He looks that good. So right now, things are looking good, but you got to be careful of any kind of setback. Uh, I just wanted to say really quick, uh, Le'Veon Bell's like on the injury list again and didn't practice today. He's become uh, worthless for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's been a yeah, failed here's what experiment. Happened. Yeah, here's what happened. So, so you know, you say he's a failed experiment. Folks that I trust are in the National Football League have watched their, their All-22 tape. Tell me that he is – the timing with him as a running back has been completely off. He's a what we call a stop and start running back. Stop, start, vision, hit it. It's just not getting timed up. He, he, it has not worked. I'd agree with you. It's not worked at all. That's why Darrell Williams started last week. How about Darrell Williams coming out of nowhere? He did a great job. A third-year undrafted free agent. Hit over 70 yards rushing. And Bell, by the way, was added to the injury report with the same knee injury that he had for several weeks here. So – um, it hasn't worked. Now, one other injury note, we actually two we need to mention for the Chiefs before we get out of here. These are important. Right. Timmy Watkins has that lingering calf injury for three weeks. He's still limited. If he can't play, he's still considered questionable. If he can't play, it's Demarcus Robinson and Mikal Hardman. You might remember him, who's done a really good job. He's really explosive. Those two guys would fill in. Now, defensively, this one's big. Brashad Breland with concussion. He hasn't got cleared yet to play, but he looks fine in practice. If he doesn't get cleared, Pharrell, this is a problem because they're not super deep at corner. I mean, they got nothing but problems and injuries, and uh, this is a huge factor. We'll break it all down tomorrow with Adam Kaplan on a pain-free Friday for Rollivision style and talk about the games and who's going to win them. Great stuff today, Adam. Thank you very much. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. hear from all the players and coaches and everyone involved in these title games on Sunday, Carver High. Yeah, let's do that, Scotty. We finally got to hear from some of the players yesterday, aside from the coaches we've been doing all week. Let's start with Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. He wants to get Aaron Rodgers another Super Bowl ring. Scotty, in fact, he says he deserves one. Here's Adams. I think we all we all want it um, is equally for ourselves, which ends up getting Aaron one in the end. But, um, you know, I, I definitely he deserves it. It's, it's a tough thing because you look at Brady and, you know, everybody wants to make that that comparison um, forever. Um, but it's, it's, so it's, it's basically turned into a, a quarterback stat um, to Bowl. So, you know, if that's what it's going to be, then obviously we're going to put as much as we can on ourselves to try to help him get there and, uh, you know, ultimately relieve him of the you know the, the Super Bowls being the thing that hinder him from being the GOAT because in my mind he's the GOAT regardless how many Super Bowls um are won but um just for the for the world just to shut them up I guess we can go out there well uh he's incredible there's no doubt about it why don't we hear from him Carver High what do you got from Rodgers yes Aaron Rodgers facing Tom Brady only the fourth time Scotty they have ever faced off of course, one being in the AFC, one in the NFC. No bigger stakes than the game they're going to play this Sunday. Here is Rodgers talking about the matchup with Brady. This is just another one of those special moments in, uh, in, in my career. Um, it's great, obviously, fodder for media outlets. Uh, there's just so many great storylines, and there always are. I mean, that's the NFL. There's so many great, uh, great people and great stories to talk about. Obviously, Tommy's had an amazing career. You know, uh, his legacy is... Uh, one of so many wins and, and so many accomplishments. And I've been a fan of his uh, for a long time and enjoyed the few times we've gotten to play. I remember when uh, I heard the news about him coming to the NFC, I thought this was a real possibility. And I'm excited about the opportunity to play against him. Yeah, I think uh, Rodgers is uh, fantastic, uh, but you cannot uh, in any stretch compare him to what Brady's accomplished in all those postseasons. Uh, 31, I think, 32 now playoff wins, six Super Bowl rings, nine Super Bowls. I mean, Rodgers has been to one, so or whatever it is. He's got one. Uh, he's like Breeze. I, I think Rodgers is a Hall of Famer without question. And I, I like watching him play better than Brady, but no one can touch Tom Brady anymore when it comes to talking about the greatest of all time. It's ridiculous to even uh, bring it up. 
Let's go now to Tom Brady, Scotty. First off, Mike Evans says that the Bucks wouldn't be here without Brady. Uh, going out on a limb there, Mike. Uh, Thanks, Tom Mike. says that he know. Tom says that he knows the Packers are a major challenge for the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl. Here is TB12. Packers were in the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, lost a tough one to San Francisco, and uh, I know the kind of team they they are and what they're capable He's of. He's 25. Offense, one of the best in the league. Um, really talented defense, really well coached. So that's how it should be. You know, the two best teams in the conference should be getting together and uh, seeing how it all goes down. And I'm excited for it. Uh, we still got a lot of preparation. I mean, we barely got uh, started in practice today, but, um, you know, we're going to need two more good days and, and then uh, they'll be ready to go. I'm a little concerned about tying uh, the top of the hoodie there while you're wearing it. Most people keep that loose. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the Bills now. He does look 25. It's amazing. You watch Tom in these videos every day. He, he just You would not think that he's the oldest quarterback uh, in the NFL going for another Super Bowl. Bills and the Chiefs, the second game. Let's hear from Stephon Diggs, Scotty. Everybody likes to tell you, ah, it's just another game. Don't worry about it. Diggs says, what, are you kidding me? This is not just another game. This is the AFC Championship. Here's Diggs. I right, people going to lie. I feel like people say it's going to be another game. It's just to each his own. For me, I know it's a big game, but you really just come down to being, you know, detailing your work, uh, using what got you there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you spent all year. You played a lot of football. It's all about execute. It's going to come down to which team executes better and living in a moment because there's going to be some ups, there's going to be some downs, but, you know, come down to giving everything you got. You got you to gotta lay it all out there. Who's going to make big plays and who's uh, not going to make big mistakes in the fourth quarter? Whoever makes that mistake in the fourth quarter dies. All you have to do is look at Drew Brees against the Bucks last week. I mean, his mistakes just kept getting compounded. And then in the fourth quarter, it just was out of hand and it was over. And I know his wife talked about uh, that he played with rotator cuff torn, torn fascia, broken ribs, uh, that he shouldn't have played. He shouldn't have played if he was so injured because he looked so terrible in that game. It's not even funny. All right, let's go back. I know Josh Allen said they're not going to change anything. Let's go to the Chiefs side. Yes, let's go to the Chiefs side, Scotty, because we have Tyreek Hill. He's not ready to talk about the Super Bowl yet, but it sounds like he kind of is ready to talk about the Super Bowl. Here's Tyreek Hill. Well, you know what? I, I, I mean, to be honest, I feel like no one is, like, really thinking about, you know, actually going to the Super Bowl. I mean, we're all focused on – the Buffalo Bills, because obviously that's the task at hand. So that's that's been like everybody's focus right now. Like that's kind of the way we do things around around here. Just focus one week at a time. And when the Super Bowl is here, you know the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we see all those uh, odds that you had up there, Carver High, for the different Super Bowl scenarios. But uh, I know it's uh, really exciting this week in case Mahomes uh, goes down. We got to hear from Chad Henney, right? Well, Chad Henney gets to do all the quarterback media because technically Patrick Mahomes is still in the concussion protocol, so he doesn't have to talk to the media. So instead, Scotty, we got Chad Henney, and he says he's always prepared to be the starting quarterback every week. Here's Chad. Yeah, I mean, for my preparation, I mean, it's going to stay the same. Uh, prepare like you're the starter each and every week, um, no matter what happens. And, and uh, I have to be prepared even if something were to happen. And, um, you know, whatever does happen, happens. And for me, 
I just take it each day at a time and, um, you know, always stay ready. Uh, you never know who's going to be in and we'll be excited to play. No, that was really gripping. I got to tell you, the odds uh, <laughs> haven't changed, have they? They have games. not. Uh, let's 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 update the odds for Sunday. We right now we still have Packers minus three, Chiefs minus three. Nothing has changed. Uh, we will see what happens tomorrow, Scotty, on a uh, pain-free Friday, and see. I think it's going to be this until we find out officially that Mahomes is playing, which might move, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs a half or a point. We'll see. But for now, I think that we're going to go off where we're at. Super Bowl odds have changed a little. Yesterday, we said the Packers had pulled even with the Chiefs. That has changed. The Chiefs back on top, plus 195 to win the Super Bowl at FanDuel. Packers, Bills, and Bucks right behind them. We have to, Scotty, get to Dan Campbell, who was named, of course, the head coach of the Detroit Lions today. We'll start with the first one. This is the little video that uh, the team put out yesterday. Dan Campbell saying that the Lions are going to put Motown back on the map, baby. Here's Dan. Here we go. What's up, Lions Pride? This is Dan Campbell, new head coach for you guys, man. I'm ready to get going. I'm excited, and uh, we're going to put Motown back on the map. And, I like that guy. Now, and, this and one, if, he, he got is even better. Here we go. If that wasn't good enough, here's Dan at today's press conference, Scotty. He was absolutely making an impression as the new coach of the Lions. Here's Dan. So this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right, and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing, all right. That's going to be the mentality. Hi. <laughs> Is this guy talking about biting kneecaps off? What's going on I mean, there? That is awesome. And then he, he also he dropped some bombs, too, when he was in there. He did. Uh, a 10,000-plus word press conference Dan Campbell had with the Detroit Lions today. A couple other stories I have with you. You and Adam talked about it. Uh, Sirianni, whoever that is, got the Eagle head coaching job. He was the OC with the Colts. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, Scotty. Uh, signed with the Steelers. So there you go. Uh, the eventual replacement to Big Ben, Dwayne Haskins, Scotty. No, probably not. But he's going to the Steeler organization where he'll get straightened out. That's for sure. Yeah, listen, uh, they have nothing but problems. The fans have turned on Roethlisberger. They don't want him back. They want him to retire like Rivers. And Breeze is going to retire any day now. And then, um, you know, Mason Rudolph sucks. They got rid of uh, Duck Dynasty, and then they bring in this hack. I mean, the guy that everybody says didn't show up for work, ready to play, wasn't ready for games, was terrible in games, was taking selfies with fans in game, uh, was atrocious playing. Now they sign him. I mean, Jesus, what are they doing in Pittsburgh? I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, my son was like, they signed Haskins. And I'm like, I want to kill myself. He's awful. Like all those Ohio State quarterbacks, he's atrocious. We have not seen Mike Singletary around the NFL in a while. He is going to interview for the Bears defensive coordinator job. Of course, Singletary was the head coach of the 49ers way back when. 
Uh, you know, the can't play with him, can't have him speech that he had. Going back to the Bears, that'd be a nice home for Singletary, Scotty. The old monsters of the midway, get him back in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, uh, his commercials are awful. They got to get him back on the sidelines <laughs> so I don't have to watch any of his cheesy commercials anymore. Do you think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback and the, the Giants have to deal with that? Sam Darnold, same thing with the Jets. They both have to worry about their quarterbacks. He is not. Uh, we've been through this a billion times with Daniel Jones. He's got one more year to show something. He regressed this year. And with Darnold, uh, I mean, Salah today uh, said that they like him. So it looks like maybe he's going to be. We'll hear from him tomorrow, I'm sure, when we get the, the Salah sound up. But I don't know, Scotty. Uh, Daniel Jones is definitely a no for me. That's for sure. So the Colts have a problem as well because Rivers is gone. And uh, you can't tell me that Jacoby Brissett is your starting quarterback for the future. They have to draft a quarterback as sure as I'm sitting here. And it has to be a long-term fix uh, at QB. And, and Frank Reich knows it. Yeah, they need to look at the quarterbacks in this draft. They're picking towards the end of the first round. They need, they need to find somebody because it was a stopgap this year. You saw it. The guy played one year and left. They're clearly not high on Brissett. They need to be able to play Brissett for maybe one more year, draft somebody that's going to be able to play, or maybe somebody who can play right away, and finally have a long-term answer at quarterback because they have not found it over the past couple of years, that's for sure. Do you think the uh, Texans will uh, wait to interview Biennemi, or are they going to do a surprise hire in the interim? Look, they better hire Biennemi, Scotty. I'm telling you right now, all these guys, and especially this guy that got hired by the Eagles today, because all we heard was, well, you know, Biennemi, he doesn't really call the plays. Andy Reid does, blah, blah, blah. Well, Frank Wright called the plays in Indianapolis. This guy didn't call any plays, and he got the Eagle job. So what, what's the problem here? He has to be getting this job. He's been the hottest guy for the last two years. He's interviewed 15 times. Could somebody hire this guy already? What are we doing? Well, and I'll tell you this much. I know for a fact uh, that the Eagles players don't want this guy as their head coach. They want to do Staley. They were telling Lurie, hire Deuce Staley. And then you know what Lurie's going to do? He's going to say, we're going to put Deuce Staley on uh, this guy's staff. I think they hired a guy that uh, the owner liked in an interview that none of the players want at all. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
All right, Carver High. Tennessee hires Danny White as their AD to clean up the mess in Knoxville. He was the AD at uh, Buffalo and most recently at Central Florida. The NCAA punishes Notre Dame. They put him on probation for one of their coaches doing a little uh, tricky work with his text messages with recruits, meeting with recruits. So Notre Dame gets a slap on the wrist from the nuns. Miami offers scholarships to the sons of Edger and James, Jason Taylor and Rick. He the balls, Ross. And Justin Thomas says he'll enter a training program after his anti-gay slur during a tournament. Uh, that's another nice way of saying in Portuguese, I want to get my uh, Ralph Lauren sponsorship back. Derek Cope, 62 years old, will race Daytona 500, 31 years after he won the race. Can he even get in the car? I mean, <laughs> honestly. What is happening there? FIFA <laughs> friends, players. Uh, with the World Cup ban, if they uh, join the Super League, I don't even know what that is. Ted Thompson died, former Packers GM. Brian Urlacher's brother, Casey, pardoned by Fatso. He faced federal charges for offshore gambling ring he was running. And remember the couple I talked about having sex on the Ferris wheel in Myrtle Beach yesterday? Uh, well, yes. apparently they've also done it in a community pool, and now they're going to start making porn videos. So they're going to hopefully become Hollywood porn stars. Maybe they'll move into that chick's castle, the porn castle I was talking about in Oregon yesterday. Joe Exotic says that he was too gay to be pardoned by Fatso, and uh, that is just awesome. And Bill Clinton appears to fall asleep during the Biden inauguration. Did you see old Bill nod off next to Hillary? She had to get the yeah. heel into the top of his foot because he was snoring during the inauguration. Your boy, Bill, what a rock star, the things he did in the Oval Office. And we'll do that on another show. Tomorrow, a fist fight with Carver High and Tie Stick from LTN. That should be fun. Game Time Decisions is next. I'll see you tonight on the bench at 10 o'clock Eastern till midnight on Sirius XM 204, Mightier 1090. Have a great night, everybody. Shake out. Ooh.